0: Thank you for listening to the podcasts from Life Central Church. For more information or to visit one of our locations, go to lifecentralchurch.org.uk. Good morning, good morning, good morning. And uh, welcome to those of us joining us from the other locations and online. It's a privilege to be able to share God's Word with you. And this morning I want to talk to you about what it means to be a light bearer. What it means to be a light bearer bearer, to carry a light with you. You know, there's something powerful about light, there's something strong about it, there's something illuminating, illuminating about it, there's something warm about it. I love light, I love the lighter evenings that we have at the moment. It was depressing the other day when we reached the pinnacle of the longest day in the year and then all of a sudden it just starts to get darker and darker earlier in the evenings. But there's, there's something wonderful about light. I'm going to tell you a quick story. This is a a little story about a young lad called Emmanuel. Emmanuel, if you didn't know, means God with us. That's what the word, that's the name Emmanuel. Anyone Emmanuel, here this morning? Have we got an Emmanuel? But it means God with us. And in 2008, I was out in Nigeria, and I was supporting a medical center over there. The church I was with, uh, we sent a team over to work in this uh, village um, right down near the Niger Delta. Right down. We had to have armed guards with us the whole time, because it was when the Somalian pirates were kidnapping people around that area. And um, we were down there, and one evening, one night, it, if, Africa is, is fascinating when you go nearer the equator, because we get really light evenings. In Africa, it just goes dark. You know, you, one moment it's light, and the next moment, in half an hour, it's dark. And um, I remember one evening us being there, and we got into the minibus. <laughs> and as we were driving out the compound, the headlights of the minibus just caught these two little set, this pair of eyes looking out of the bushes, and this little child had been in the bush, looking out at everything that was taking place, because we were running a kid's mission and all this sort of stuff. And well, I immediately I was like, stop the minibus, stop the minibus, I need to go and see, you know, there's a little child there, and this little child, I've got a 15-year-old now, and at that time, probably similar kind of age, maybe just ever so slightly older than my son back home, and there was this little boy all on his own, with just a shredded t-shirt, walking out of the bush, looking at everything that was taking place. And it was only in that moment that when the light spun round, the headlights of the minibus caught this little boy. And he was all on his own. And the story is, and this, I was like, why is this child all on his own? Where's his parents? And this little boy had been deemed a witch child by the local witch doctor. And told to that if you go anywhere near that child, he'll curse you. And the story was going around this community that this little boy had turned his parents into goats. And so the whole community had shunned this little boy, little distended belly. And this is this is me with this is um, me, a very young me, <laughs> with Emmanuel. God with us. How how. How can a little boy be named Emmanuel and yet seemingly in so much darkness? God with us. And something changed in me that day. Something broke. And it actually took me another 10 years until I ended up starting working for compassion. But something shifted that I suddenly realized that there needs to be light in the world. Light illuminates. Light pushes back darkness. You know, darkness doesn't actually have any power of its own. The moment light comes on, darkness has to retreat. And so we have a responsibility as Christ followers to be light bearers, to bring bring light into a dark world. The story is, it's okay, we managed to, um, with Emmanuel, we managed to raise, well, we actually emptied our pockets, and we managed to uh, arrange for Emmanuel to be taken to a specialist centre in Nigeria that actually works with uh, children, uh, witch children, and helps to rehabilitate them, helps them to grow. I wish, I wish I could say that I've been able to keep in touch with Emmanuel, but I just pray and believe that God has a brilliant future for Emmanuel. But that was the moment when something shifted in me that said, you know what, I've got to be a part of bringing light to the world. And I hope that every single one of us has something that's broken within one of us, in each one of us, that says we need to be part of bringing light to the world. In John chapter 8 verse 12, it says this, when Jesus spoke to the people, he said what? I am the light of the world. This is Jesus. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of the life. And then we turn to this amazing passage in Matthew chapter 5, where Jesus unpacks the sort of kingdom of God, does this amazing amazing sermon in a way, talks about the Beatitudes, and then he comes to this point from verse 13, Matthew chapter 5 verse 13, where he says this, you are the salt of the earth, But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by men. And then this is the key passage. You are the light of the world. So what did Jesus say? I am the light of the world. He said of himself, I am the light of the world. And now he says to you, you... Are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden, neither do people put a light, a lighter lamp, and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine out before men that they may see your good deeds. I'm just parked there, good deeds, okay? i have put it in yellow, good deeds. We're going to come back to that in a moment. Um, let your good deeds uh, your good deeds, and praise your Father in heaven. The message translation puts it like this, and I, I love the message translation just at times to bring out the beautiful poetry in language. It says this, here's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bring out the, bringing out the God colors in the world. Isn't that beautiful? And think about this, because I'm no scientist, but my, sh- my minimal understanding of light is that light is made up of so many different lights, so many different spectrums of light. You've got UV light, you've got gamma rays, you've got all of that. And the actual visible spectrum of light is like this. And yet, light has this incredible spectrum. And that, that speaks to me, because that means that every single one of us needs to be involved in this. If we're actually going to bring light, we need the whole spectrum of light in order for the world to see the fullness of God. Because every single one of us is unique and carry a specific unique light with us. And we need everyone to be involved so that the world can actually experience the full spectrum of the God color of the kingdom of heaven. That is wonderful, isn't it? But it's challenging because that means every single one of us needs to be involved. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. Oh, come on. If the the world could just experience the light of Christ, but it flows through us into the world. So, Hopefully by now, I've convinced you that every single one of us needs to be a light-bearer. That we've got a responsibility. The question then is, well, what does that look like? What does that look like? What does it look to be, look like to be a light-bearer? What, what, what do we need to do? And the thing is, that, and that's why I put it in yellow, if we can just go back to that passage where it talks about good deeds. Um, I think it's the one before that. I put it in yellow. Because I believe that in order to let our light shine, we need to do some stuff. There's some good deeds that we need to do. Because the thing is with light, let's think about it, is light, light's here, it's all all around, but I, I struggle to see light, but I see the impact of light. You know, look at the skin color, look at my hair tone. I know the impact of UV light. Okay, I only have to step outside and I turn bright red. You know, I, I can see the impact of light, and I think in order for us to be able to see the kingdom of God and the light that we carry impact the world, there's some good deeds for us to do. What are those, though? What does that look like? Well, the wonderful thing is, in God's word, he tells us. And we go right back into the Old Testament to this wonderful prophet called Micah. Micah chapter 6, verse 8. This is, my, this is my life verse. It's on a plaque on the side of my office wall. It says this. He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. Okay, so good deeds. He's shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly. To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. The International Children's Bible puts it like this. The Lord has told you what is good. He has told you what he wants from you. Do what is right to other people. Love being kind to others. And live humbly trusting your God. Oh, If we just started there, each one of us. If we just started there. Think about the difference that could take place in our world. Think about the amount of darkness that can be pushed back if we just started to act justly, you know, do what is right to other people. If we just started to love mercy, love being kind to others, and if we just started living humbly, walking humbly, trusting God, think about the light that could explode across our world. So what does that actually mean? What does that look like? So, first thing is this, act justly. What does what acting justly actually look like? What is that, how does that outwork in our day to day lives? What does this look like tomorrow morning when I enter the workplace or when I go back home this afternoon to live on, live on my street? What does acting justly look like in that way? You know, in essence, it's just about doing what is right to other people. You could actually distill down justice to this. It's the quality of being impartial or fair. The quality of being impartial or fair. It's about fairness. So, I've got two boys, Noah and Eli, and in the morning, we take them on the school run. Anyone else got kids and do the school run? Yeah, okay, so you might relate to this. If you don't, I'm sure in your upbringing you'll relate to this. There's one seat next to the driver, two kids, one seat, every single morning. I'm riding up front. No, you're not. I'm riding up front. No, I'm going to sit up front. Okay, well, I'll tell you what, this is what we'll do. You ride up front to school, and then the other child will go, and I'll ride up front back from school. Okay, fine. They'll eventually have a little mini-argument and they'll decide who's going to sit up front on the way to school. Now, then they've, then they've had an entire day at school, so they for, they've forgotten what they did in the morning on the way to school because, you know, kids in the morning, you just have to drag them out of bed and get them off to school. And so you can guarantee at the end of the day, they'll then get to the car and then there'll be another mini-argument and someone will say, that's not fair. You rode up front this morning, I get to ride up front this this afternoon on the way home. That's not fair. When you walk around your streets in your local community, you see someone sleeping on the streets. That's not fair. That's not right. When you hear in the news of the cost of living around our world, and you hear that in some countries, I mean, there's, there are countries around our world at the moment, I mean, we, we've, we've felt the pinch, haven't we, of cost of living? We feel the pinch. We know the rising prices of gas and electric. We know all of that. We've felt it ourselves. But for a lot of us, we have a little bit of margin. We're able to maybe rebudget slightly, make some adjustments, be able to soak up the additional cost that's going on, gas and electric. There are countries around our world where people, on average, would maybe spend nearly 80% of their entire annual income on food. And all of a sudden, the cost of food has gone gone up. And now, they don't have the margin to be able to soak up that. So all of a sudden, they're now going without. That's not fair. That's not right. That should not be happening. People should not be dying of starvation in our world. Children should have access to education. Children should not be working in cobalt mines in order for us to be able to have a digital device. I'm not going to go any further there, but if you want to read a phenomenal book at the moment, it's called Cobalt Red. Um, that talks about, talks about some of the tragedies happening in Congo, in the Democratic Republic of Congo at the moment, just so that we can have digital devices. It's very ch- It's not fair, it's not right, but what's going on in your community? What's, what are you noticing your neighbors? What, maybe the, you've got a neighbor who you notice that they've got a number of kids, maybe they're a single parent. Maybe just give an extra thought, invite them around for a meal, because you don't know what's going on in their world. But there might be an issue of justice that as people of the light, we should be interested in and involving ourselves in. You know, in Matthew chapter 12, verse 18, it says this of Jesus, Here is my servant whom I've chosen, the one I love, in whom I delight. I will put my spirit on him, and he will proclaim justice to the nations. If Jesus is doing that, and we're Christ followers, we should also be interested in acts of justice. In the Bible, it's mentioned over 400 times. It's a key concern for God. We should be going and looking at things in our communities, in our world, and going, "That's not fair," and doing and getting involved in doing something about that. The second thing is this: just love mercy, love being kind to others. Why do we sometimes overcomplicate kindness? It doesn't have to be this grand massive thing. Sometimes it can just be the little things. I remember a number of years ago there was a sort of viral craze that went around about acts of kindness. You know, and then it became this sort of campaign and then all of a sudden when the when the trend drops then people don't do it anymore. But it's not a trend being kind. It's not something that we do every now and again. It should be an overflow of who we are. It should be an overflow of the light of Christ within us. It says in this, in Colossians 3 verse 12, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. You know, why is it so difficult for some of us just to smile at the barista, at at Costa, or Nero, or whatever else coffee place you like going to. Um, you know, why is it so difficult for us to not just to take a moment that when it's going, when the checkout assistant is going beep, 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 why can't we just say, hey, how's your week going? You know, a lot of people in our world just want to be, no, just want to, they want to know that they exist. They want to know that they've been noticed, that they're of value. Kindness is a great way of showing value. There was a film actually out a little while ago, um, Avatar, Way of the Water. And I mean, you could do a whole preach on this. Maybe Leon has already, have you? (laughs) No. (laughs) But there's a phrase that they say in that uh, movie, which I think, oh, you know, as a preacher, I'm like, that'll preach. And they just go, I see you. I think kindness is the way of saying, I see you. You're a value to me. You matter. How difficult is that, really? Maybe we could just show a little bit more Kindness. You know, just show some kindness. Just be, love being kind to others. I love the local church and I loved hearing stories all the way throughout, throughout um, COVID and everything about how the church adapted and was showing kindness and putting together food parcels and just loving on their communities and things like that. But now, some of the things that we said when we were during COVID, oh, we're not going to go back. And all of a sudden, we've gone back. But I just wonder whether there's a a renewed sense as Christ followers, as people of the light, just to determine that I'm going to show kindness to my neighbours. Kindness to those at my workplace, at college, at school. Just simple acts of kindness. Just love being kind to others. I love being able to send words of kindness to one of my sponsored children, Boaz. I love being able to send a little note every now and again, just going, hey Boaz, I I know life might be tough. But come on, you've got this. Come on, together we can do this. Here's a word of encouragement from the scriptures. Just simple acts of kindness. And then the last thing is this, walk humbly. So act justly, love mercy, walk humbly. How how does walking humbly bring light to the world? How does walking humbly make a difference? Because often we think that walking humbly is just something I need to do. So how does that actually impact others? How does humility in me make a difference to the world around me? I think sometimes it's a, it's a posture thing. That it's not me, here I am, Luke has turned up. But actually it's a looking up and I serve you. A, a humility is about coming and saying, I'm, I'm here to serve and not to be served. You know, that's what Christ did, right? Christ went to the cross. He, he took upon himself all the things of all of our brokenness and came and went, I've come to serve you. You matter to me. You know, I've come not to be served, but to serve, to be able to give myself as a ransom for many. What does, how, what does that look like in your everyday walking This is about walking humbly. It's about a life of humility. The actual original word from the um, uh, uh, original Hebrew is the word Hatzneah. And Hatzneah is all about the sort of process of taking God, uh, not taking yourself too seriously because I'm taking God seriously. It's about a positioning. It's about a, it's going, I'm coming to serve you. What does that look like in the everyday ordinary? I wonder whether, and I've read a book recently a little while while back, um, about being a non-anxious presence in our world. And I just wonder whether humility and walking humbly is about saying to others, you know what, the whole world might be falling, uh, falling apart around you. But actually, let me tell you about a God who you can trust, that you can really trust. And that when my neighbors come and sit in my kitchen at home and they're worrying about how to pay the gas and electric, how to pay their mortgage, that there's something that because of my posture before God, because I'm walking in humility, I can go, I know the whole world's falling out around you, but I can be a non-anxious presence and say, but my foundation is firm. You know, what does it look like to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly? And if we just did those three things, I think there would be a, a spectrum of light that would impact our world and push back darkness. Let me just show you a quick video to wrap up of the impact of light bearers. You know, each one of us can be a light bearer this coming week, but I want to show you the impact of being a light bearer on a child living in poverty. The impact that that can have. Just some people saying, you know what, I'm going to act justly, I'm going to walk humbly, and I'm going to love mercy, and I'm going to show, shine that light into a child, and the difference that that can make. The 756, I think it is, million, 736 million people living in extreme need, and at least half of those are children, When I saw Emmanuel, something broke in me all of those years ago in Nigeria that said, I don't want any child to be walking out of a bush because they've been shunned by their community. I want every child to be known, loved, and protected. And maybe this morning you sponsor a child. Thank you so much. Could there be room in your family for one more? You know, to sponsor a child is £32 a month. It's a significant significant investment, so I don't take that lightly. But I'd love just to pray for us as a family, as a community that are already seeing children on their journey of being released from extreme need. But maybe for you this morning, your response is to go, I'll let my light shine into a child this morning. If that is If that's the case, then here in Hales Owen, we've got a table out there. Please go and have a chat to Becky. If you're at one of the other locations, I think there's QR codes on the screen. There's all sorts of ways. I believe there's a computer and you can do it digitally. So there's lots of ways that you can engage this morning, but let's pray. Lord, thank you so much. Thank you so much for these incredible children. Thank you that you are the light of the world, that you shone into my life, and now I can be a light to someone else. Thank you, Lord, for the sacrifice that you made. And if there's someone here this morning that doesn't know the light of Christ, then I pray that they would find you this morning in a powerful, powerful way. But Lord God, I just pray that for each one of us, what response do you want us to make to the word this morning? Maybe it's to go and reach out to a neighbor that I've never reached out to before. Maybe it's to go and speak to a work colleague that I know is really struggling at the moment. But maybe it's also to sponsor a child. And so, Lord, I pray that you would make that really clear to us about what response do you want us, each of us individually, to make this morning. Thank you for your word. We love you. Amen. Amen.